Right, good morning, Thrive Church, Chesterfield Campus, and online campus. How's everyone doing this morning? Yes, yes. My name is Mark Thomas, and I am uh, the campus pastor at our Richmond City campus, but I have the honor of being here with you today, and I'm excited to be here. Pastor Keith is at our Richmond campus, and he's going to be preaching there this morning, and Go ahead and turn in your copy of God's Word to the book of Acts, chapter 16. That's the book of Acts, chapter 16. Go to verse 25. Hold your place there. We're going to come back to those scripture passages here in a moment. The message that I have for you today is entitled, God-Sized Opportunities. God-Sized opportunities. And I want to share with you the very first lesson that God taught me about not missing a God-sized opportunity, about keeping my head on a swivel, about keeping my eyes open for not missing a God-sized opportunity. So for me, I did not grow up in the church. I was so far away from God. I was living out in Las Vegas, Nevada, drug, drug addicted, and just wrapped up in a party, sinless lifestyle. And I was severely addicted to drugs, and I was near my third drug overdose. And I prayed to God, God, if you're real, show me that you're real, because I got not much time left on the clock, and I'm going to die. And if you're real, prove it to me. God sent people to me to share the gospel with me. They prayed with me. They told me who Jesus was and that he would love me and accept me for who I was, where I was at. And I accepted Jesus into my life. I moved back to Virginia. And I remember the first time I picked up a Bible. I picked up my Bible and I prayed this prayer to God. I said, God, if you're real, speak to me through this Bible. Show me that your word is true, because if you don't, I will probably never pick this Bible up again. I'll go back to my old lifestyle, and I will die. So what I did is I picked up a Bible, and I fanned through the Bible, and I said, God, give me a word. Show me that your word is true. And when I read the Bible, the very first verse I landed on was Psalm 1-1. And that scripture goes a little something like this. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands with sinners. I'm telling you, my Thrive Church family, I fell down to my knees. I started to cry because I knew the word of God was true in that moment because I lived my life being around the ungodly people. I lived my life centered around people who sin all the time. And I knew if I applied those two principles, I didn't even finish reading the whole verse. I just finished reading two principles out of one verse. And I knew that if I applied that into my life, I would not have wasted my life. I would not have uh, squandered my life. I would not be in the condition that I was in. So what I've done from that day, and God put in my heart, he says, you got to keep your head on a swivel. You got to get in that word, and you got to read it every day. 
you got to keep your eyes open, and you got to read that word every day. And let me tell you something. It's by the grace of God. I have done that for the last 21 years, and this word... The best-selling book of all time, God's Word has transformed my life in ways I can't even, I can't even, when I think about it, I can't even explain it to you. And he taught me, if you're going to live for me, you've got to not miss the God-sized opportunity to read my Word daily. Listen, here's the truth today. We all have God-sized opportunities that we cannot miss out on if we want to live the most obedient and the most exciting life Christ, God, has called us to live. And today in Acts chapter 16, man, I love this chapter of Acts. You want to talk about action-packed. This is one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible. There's so much action in this chapter, there's so many different ways that God is moving. So this is what's going on. I'm going to give you a summary of what's going on before we get to the 25th chapter. And, and you know what, guys? Buckle up. Hang on. Because this is going to be some exciting stuff that we're going to be looking at today. Who's ready to have uh, an exciting time at church this morning? Woo! You know what? That was pretty good. Let me ask that one more time. I just want to make sure. Who's ready to have an exciting time here at church? That's more like what I was looking for right there. <laughs> All right, so here's what's going on. Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's on his second missionary journey. He takes Silas and Timothy with him. All right? Paul originally wanted to go to Asia to preach the gospel, but the Holy Spirit somehow permitted him not to go there. Now, Paul, he wanted to do what Paul wanted to do, so he tried to go to Asia many different times. But God told Paul, he said, no, do not go to Asia. God gave Paul a vision of a man in Macedonia standing there begging Paul to come to Macedonia to help them. So Paul realizes that this is a God-given vision when he wakes up. And immediately they go to Europe to preach the gospel. They go to Philippi, which was a Roman colony. When they get there, they're preaching the gospel. They went to this river, all right, and there were women at this river. They go to the river, and they preach the gospel to everyone that was there. There was a woman named Lydia. She heard the gospel. She believed the gospel, and she accepted Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior, and you know what she does? She goes back, and she shares her testimony with her family. She shares the gospel with them, her whole family gets saved. How amazing is that, right? Her whole family gets saved, so they go and find Paul, and they all get baptized. Now, while they were there preaching, there was a, I'm telling you, here's where it gets really good, all right? There was a demon-possessed slave girl that had the gift of fortune-telling. Man, she could predict the future, and she was making money hand over fist for her slave girl, for her slave girl, her master. So Paul immediately, she's causing a commotion while they're preaching, right? So God puts in her heart to cast this demon out of her. And immediately the demon comes out of this demon-possessed slave girl. And you know what? The slave girl's master, he couldn't make any more money because 
the demon that could predict the future came out of her. So what happens? He gets upset. Now he can't make money off of the slave girl. So what happens? He riles up the crowd. The crowd, he tells that Paul and Silas are teaching customs that are illegal for Romans to engage in. So they riled up the crowd, all right? And then the crowd brings Paul and Silas to the marketplace. And that's where the courts were. They bring them into the marketplace, and they decide to beat Paul and Silas. They start beating them just for spreading the gospel, right? And they throw them in prison. Whew. So that's what's going on before we even get into the 25th chapter or 25th uh, verse of this chapter. So here's what's going on after they were beaten with rods and thrown into prison, starting in Acts 25. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. So look, they are locked up, stocked, chained up, and they're praying and praising God? How amazing is that? And the prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. God's working some miracles right here. And you know what, God... There's people in here that need God to work some miracles in your life. Let me tell you something. He's still in the miracle-working business. If he wasn't, I would not be standing here. I should have been dead. God's going to work the same miracles that you need in your life. Trust him to do that. He's still in the miracle-working business. And the doors, all the doors immediately flew open, and the chains off of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. Back in this time, if you were a jailer and you were in charge of keeping someone in prison and they escaped, you know what they did to you? They would torture you, and then they would kill you. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? There's going to be some people in here today and online that's going to ask that same question. What do I need to do to be saved? And here's your answer. They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. That's going to happen to some people in here and online. So I'm going to praise God for that right here, right now. Along with everyone in your household. Verse 32. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Whew. So much is happening all at once here in this chapter. I told you it was action-packed. In this terrible situation, Paul and Silas did what I don't know if I would be able to do. I would like to say I would be able to do this. 
but I'm not quite so sure. They prayed, and they praised God while they were in prison and shackled by stocks. They prayed, and they praised God. You know what that means? They were faithful in all of the circumstances they faced. And that's what all of us need to do today. No matter the circumstances that you're facing, as bad as they are, we have to give thanks in everything. For that is the will of Christ Jesus concerning us. And that's how you get the hope and the power when you remain thankful in all circumstances. And this is something I really, really want y'all to get today. It's our big idea of today's message. If you're a note taker, write this down. If you're not a note taker, write this down. It's so good, right? It's our big idea, right? God gives us opportunities for obedience. I want, I want all of us to grasp a hold of this today. Listen to this right here. We won't have boldness to fulfill these opportunities unless we walk in obedience. Obedience is not a bad word. Obedience is the key that unlocks the boldness, the power that God wants to give to us in every single opportunity. I want to use myself as an example of just being obedient to God, having follow through with the things that I know that I should do, uh, that eventually become habit forming, and they become actions that I don't have to think about that I just naturally do. All right. One of those examples is, you guys know, most of you know, that I live the most exciting Christian life possible by actively sharing my faith in Jesus with others. Everywhere I go, I'm sharing my faith in Jesus with others. Why? That's how I got saved. That's the mission of the Great Commission that God mandates for all of us. And you know what? People come up to me and they ask me, they're like, Mark, how do you get that supernatural power to go out and share the gospel and lead a lot of people to Jesus? And you know what? When they ask me that, it really breaks my heart. Because they think I have some supernatural power that God has given to me, a gift of evangelism that only I have and no one else has, or only pastors or people in vocational ministry have. But you know what? That's not how it works. The only reason God blesses me with leading people to Jesus is because I'm obedient to what he has called me to do. All right? I know that God calls us to go and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's to you. That's to me. That's to everyone. You know what? You have the same gift that I have. It's called the gift of communication. God has given that to you. He has given it to me. He has given it to every human being so we can carry out his mission. Look, you have the gift of evangelism. No different than me. Maybe even greater than what God uses me for. And you know what I'm here to do? I'm here to speak that into your life. I'm here to bring that inner evangelist inside of you out. And I'm going to equip you. And I'm going to motivate you. And I'm going to inspire you today to make that happen. Because God is ready to use you to impact people that no one can impact on planet Earth but you. If you're willing. So here's the thing. We all have a choice to be obedient or not. Earlier in the chapter, Timothy, he didn't have to get circumcised, verse 3. Timothy, 
Timothy chose to get circumcised voluntarily. Why? So when he got circumcised, he realized that he could break down racial barriers and would be more effective at sharing his faith. Now, that, that, that's faith. I don't know if I would have gotten circumcised just to share the gospel message. You know, you don't know what circumcision is? Google that after the service. Because if you Google it now, you're not going to pay any attention to what I'm talking about if you don't know it. All right. Paul could have remained silent toward the fortune teller in verse 18. But you know what? God put in Paul's heart to cast this demon out of this slave girl. And what does he do? He immediately casts it out. So he's being obedient. Paul could have dismissed the vision God gave him of the man in Macedonia, but you know what? Paul realized that this was a God-given vision, and immediately he went to Europe to preach the gospel. He didn't think twice about it. He was obedient. And this is why this message is so important today. This is the why. And I want you to write this down. If we ignore these opportunities, we will miss out on being a part of God's story in others' lives. And let me just say this. Anything that God wants us to do is not for us. It's always for someone else. But here's the beautiful thing about it. When we minister or we share the gospel or we spread the message of God's love to anyone else, we get blessed in the process. We get blessed in ways that you cannot even imagine like when God wants to use you. It's always for other people. You want to talk about reaching the 650K? I'm going to tell you how we're going to reach the 650K. The people in this room here, God is going to use to reach the 650K here in our Richmond metro RV area. You are the answer to our world's problems. You are the answer to our city's problems. We have the answer, and God is going to use each one of us. Why? Write this down. Because someone is waiting on our obedience. Let me say that one more time. Someone, and I believe that you're thinking of someone right now in your mind, is waiting on our obedience. They need the same Jesus that we have. They need the same Savior that we have. They need the same leader that we have. And God has put you in that person's life to give them the answer. Someone is waiting on our obedience. There's always another person on the other side of what God is calling us to do. Now, if you've missed an opportunity, I want to talk about how to deal with the regret of not taking advantage of these opportunities. I'm going to give you a re recent uh, example of myself where I missed an opportunity that broke my heart. I prayed for 15 years to reach someone in my life to share the gospel message with. I prayed almost every single day and night. Then I saw this person after years, and I missed the opportunity. And I started praying after that. If I see this person again, God, give me an opportunity. I will share the gospel with her. I saw her again, spoke to her for 15 minutes, and never shared the gospel with her. Why? Because I chickened out. I was fearful. I let my emotions get in the way of my obedience of Jesus. I could not sleep for nights 
because I missed the opportunity. If you missed the opportunity like I missed, here's what you need to remind yourself. I'm going to remind you of what you need to remind yourself in moments like that. Pray for those involved that we missed the opportunity to share the gospel with or share the things of God with, all right? Pray that it, even if you didn't act, God will still move. I prayed that prayer because I missed the opportunity, and I got a phone call two days later, and it was a friend of this girl who I missed the opportunity. She was like, Mark, you know what? I never shared the gospel with anyone, but I had a compulsion to call up your friend and share the gospel message with her. I was totally blown away that God had worked that miracle. Pray that even if you didn't act, God will send someone to act on your behalf. And let me tell you something, he's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And remind yourself that you are not a failure. I had to tell myself, I'm still telling myself this. You are not a failure. You are human. And there's absolutely no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Remind yourself of that. And remember those moments so we don't miss other opportunities and let it fuel you to be more aware. That's what it's done for me, to fuel me to be more aware, not to mix the next opportunity. And that leads to our action step today. Keep your eyes open for God opportunities. Keep your eyes open for God opportunities. You may be asking, well, what opportunities should I be looking for? Man, I am so glad you asked that question today. I've got three opportunities that you and I always need to be keeping a lookout for. The first one is opportunities to worship. Opportunities to worship. In verse 25, it says, Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Look, Paul and Silas didn't have to worship in prison. They could have just sat there, felt sorry for themselves, done nothing, but they were obedient to what God called them to do, and they were praying and worshiping God. Man, you want to talk about a great example? That's a great example. They, they could have escaped. They chose to stay because they knew God brought them there to share the gospel message. And let me just say this. We got to grab a hold of this. Worship isn't just coming to an awesome worship service like today and singing songs. Everyone loves to sing some songs. Come on, right? Worship is a lifetime commitment to living a life of sacrifice and obedience to God to carry out the purposes that he has called us, saved us, and commissioned us to do to reach other people for him, to reach the 650K. Here's another opportunity we got to look for, opportunities to celebrate. This will change your life right here. Verse 34 says, he brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Listen, they celebrate what God did by getting water baptized right on the spot. They enjoyed food together. They had a meal together. And this was, listen to this, this was in the middle of the night when everyone should have been sleeping, but they were celebrating the things of God. So it wasn't the normal time for this, but let me tell you something, it was the right time. Come on. Celebrate what God does, even if it's beyond the cultural norm. Look, think back right now the things that God has done in your life. 
when you're feeling down, when you're feeling lonely, when you're feeling depressed, when you don't know when you're going to get your next breath because life is just coming down on you so hard. Celebrate the things of God. And he's going to give you a boldness. He's going to give you purpose to carry on and to live out your life in an exciting way. Here's the third opportunity to look for. You know I had to talk about this one. Opportunities to share the gospel. Verse 30 says, Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? There's people in your life that are asking that question, and they need you to share this answer with them. They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. I'm going to give you two resources to motivate you, inspire you, and to equip you to bring the inner evangelist out of your life. I want to bring that inner evangelism to life that is within you. How do I know it's within you? The moment you gave your life to Jesus, he put his spirit within you, and he is calling you to be an evangelist, to share the gospel message. I have a free resource for you. It's called Evangelism on Fire podcast with Mark Thomas. That's me. Listen, I've got 165 episodes that's going to motivate you, train you, coach you on how to share your faith in Jesus with others. Completely free. You don't need to pay anything for this. All right? All you need to do is go to Evangelism on Fire and look for this podcast cover art right here. And you will be equipped. You will be trained to share the gospel message with your friends, your family, your coworkers, maybe even strangers that you meet. It's a free resource. Listen to weekly episodes. And I'm telling you, it will train you up and it will bring the inner evangelist out of you if you want to be used by God in a powerful way. Listen, I've got a second resource. Pastor Keith shared this with you probably about a month ago in one of his messages, all right? This is called Contagious Faith by Mark Middleburg. It is simply, in my opinion, the very best, the very best book on evangelism that, that, that I've ever read in my life. And look, over 21 years, I've read a lot of evangelism books. This is the best. Get this book today. All right? If you can't afford this book, contact me. I'm going to get this book for you, okay? You can count on that. Look, this book tells you how to discover your evangelism style. Do you know that we have an evangelism style? We each have our own style. And when you discover what that style of evangelism is, of how God made you to operate, you are unstoppable, unstoppable. So, Utilize those two incredible resources. And let us remember, fulfilling these God opportunities consistently over time will make them into natural actions. It goes from opportunities to habits. So they happen naturally without having to force ourselves to do them. The more we worship, the more we celebrate, the more we share the gospel, 
the more natural it becomes in our lives. This water represents your life. I want y'all to make this personal. This is your life. This is our life as we follow Christ Jesus our Lord. This is your life. What I have here is sugar. Think of this sugar as three ingredients in your life. Worshiping God. Pour these ingredients into the water. Worshiping God. I'm going to stir this water. This is your life. This is my life. This is our life. Worshiping God. This is our life. This is your life. Celebrating the things that God has done in your life. Never forget the things that God has done in our lives that will keep the fire burning with our relationship with him. Sharing the gospel message with people that God puts in our path. The gospel message that he saved us so we can share with others. And I'm, as I mix this together, the elements become one. Worship. Celebrating the things of God. Sharing the gospel message. You see, this has become one. This has transformed into one. It's not something that we do occasionally. It's not something that sits to the side and we say we're going to worship God periodically. We're going to celebrate the things of God periodically. We're going to share the gospel message periodically. This is something that we cannot separate. This is something that becomes one with us and this is who we are. This is what God has created us to be and to do. This is a Christ follower who's obedient to the calling of God to carry out his plan on this earth, to bring light to the middle of the darkness. This is our life. It's who we are. I have another thing here. It's hydrophobic sand. Has anyone ever heard of hydrophobic sand? Hydro means water. Phobic means fear. This sand has a fear of water. It has a protecting chemical around the sand that when I pour it into the water and I stir the water, and this is what it looks like. I can stir this water all day long and nothing's going to change. It will look like this. 
as I reached down and grabbed the sand. The sand is still dry. You see, the sand could not mix with water because it had a fear of the water. And there's some of you in here today, you have a fear of making a decision that you know you should have made by now. There's some of you online that you have a fear. You have a molecule of fear around your brain, and there's a decision that you should have made by now, or maybe you're just discovering that this is a decision that you need to make today. You need to make Jesus your Savior and your leader. You need to make Jesus the Savior and Lord of your life. And today I'm here to encourage you to remove that fear from your brain. Remove that molecule and make the greatest decision you will ever make in your life. Make the best decision you will ever make in your life. Make Jesus, your Lord and Savior today, this is something you know you need. This is something that you know is the missing void in your life. And I love what the best-selling book of all time says. The Word of God says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, And you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord. You will be saved. Maybe you haven't made that decision, but today, now is your time. Today is the day to make that decision. But I'm going to be totally transparent with you. It's not just a prayer you pray. You have to repent. You have to turn away from your old life. And God loves you so much that he wants all of you. And you've got to live your life obedient to his calling on your life, which happens to be the most exciting life you will ever live. You've got to repent if you want to make this decision to make Jesus your Savior and Lord. If that's you, everyone, please Bow bow your heads, close your eyes. This is for everyone that wants to make that decision. Maybe you thought you were saved, but you realize I'm not really saved. I'm not living a life full of obedience. I need to give Jesus my all. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross that you rose again and that you are alive. Hear my prayer right this second. Jesus, I accept you as my Savior and as my leader and I give you my life to serve you and to worship you Jesus, I thank you for saving my soul. And I make you the Savior, the leader of my life. Use me to fulfill your purpose on this life and to reach other people for you. 
I pray that in the almighty name of Jesus. Amen.